Listen up, maggots. We got targets inbound. So lock and load your senses and stand by for imminent contact. If you love beer, you're in the beer army. So grab a frosty brew and get ready. It's time to liberate your senses. It's Beer Army Engaged on Beer Army Radio. Hey, it's Mick Dagger here. And the general. And Beer Army Engaged. Back again, another episode and a lot of stuff to get to. I bet you're wondering why your your studio door was locked, huh? <laughs> Since we always kind of have... Well, the funny thing was it was locked, but it wasn't latched, so it pushed right open. Are you kidding me? No. Oh. No. So, everyone, make sure they did that, because last week, uh, your your bestie, Christy, you know, Hornets Commander, they had yeah. their uh, a bottle share for the Hornets, so there was a bunch of ladies up in here, and, uh, you know... We know what an OCD guy you are with your studio equipment and stuff like that. We made sure we locked all the doors in the office spaces before they used the uh, conference room. So, Notice there was no holes in your door or anything from the darts or anything, so they must not have got too crazy. But, but, uh, well, geez, they would really have to be totally <laughs> inaccurate to hit that door. Uh, I do want to remind, I'm looking forward to us road tripping this weekend. Yeah, as, absolutely. As, Cape Fear Beer Fest. It's right. going to be a good time. Yeah, Saturday, 5 March. And uh, you, you can meet, uh, I guess, all the colorful people of Beer Army. As you've got the uh, Silver Fox, Lena. She'll be rolling down oh, there. Lena's and awesome. Yeah. you got Mrs. Smith. Yeah, <laughs> that's the Hornets my best commander, that's, that's, Yeah. And, uh, and the House Mouse Scott and, of course, myself. And we appreciate the uh, shout out to John Horton, who's the producer of the K Fear Beer Festival, for inviting us down there. And we will have a silent auction booth down there and giving out some free stiff. You have, you, uh, have, you, have you made sure you have cheese at the ready so Scotty doesn't? I, listen, Scotty's not going a true to process withdrawal. Yeah, he's not a cheesemonger like you, so he doesn't count. So. I meant like Velveeta and <laughs> American. Well, slices. We, we, we could stop along the way, I guess. <laughs> and then I'm, pl- I'm pleased to announce uh, we've been getting hounded for a little while, uh, and we're going to release it just in time for Easter, the Thank God design. So we're bringing that one back. Uh, there's a profit on the back, but on the mm. front, it'll say, Thank God for beer. And, and uh, so, yeah, we're looking forward to bringing that shirt back. And um, we brought it back, obviously, rebuilding the store and everything like that. But now we're going to try to, like, throttle it down a little bit, not get too crazy, do it methodically. So, yeah, the thank, uh, it's a great thank shirt. God design. And, of course, all of our stuff that we have online you can get uh, by going to the store on either beerarmy.org or beerarmy.com, clicking on the uh, shop or store and clicking on that tab. And whether it's socks, whether it's beanies, whether it's um, socks, uh, yeah, whatever. There's some awesome T-shirt designs. Definitely check it out. Both the uh, the Give Them Hell and Fire and the whole T-shirt designs are up there, and they're badass. Yeah, I like them a lot. And I like the shirt you're wearing today. Oh, my. Yeah, Give give Them Hell. Give Them Hell shirt from uh, last year's collaboration, (laughs) which, by the way, it's coming back April 2nd. Get all the details online at beerarmy.org, so that Imperial Red Ale. Mm. Speaking of uh, mm, and Red Ales, we are featuring a barrel-aged Outta Kilta Scotch-style red ale from Hop and Frog Brewery, which is out of Akron, Ohio. That's about 50 miles south of Cleveland. This bad boy, man, pajama is clocking in at 8.2% ABV. You can get more information about Hop and Frog by going to their website at hoppinfrog.com. That's hoppin, H-O-P-P-I-N, frog.com. And this uh, the brewery has been rated one of the top 100 breweries in 2015 and 2016. And I know you're thinking, like, aren't we in the 2016? How can we, you know, but ratebeer.com, which is the world's largest beer rating website, they give out at the beginning of the year and based upon the previous year. So even though it says 2016, it's really kind of like 2015, right? if that makes sense. But this pours a, a pretty clear uh, red uh, with these... Uh, brown garnet like highlights uh there's a little bit of a beige head 
and uh, some lacing. Uh, I'm picking up aromas of vanilla, caramel, and a lot of sugary malt. <laughs> You're right, though. I mean, this is a delicious, absolutely delicious beer. And everything you noted that you pick up on, you really do. But that barrel aging is really... Well, the barrel age, I don't, well, let me finish the, on the aroma here. So, yeah, you get that, a lot of that sugary malt present. And there's also, I'm picking up some uh, licorice and a little bit of bourbon. So, there, I was yeah. going to talk about the bourbon I'm a little sorry. bit. I'm sorry. But on the flavor, I pick up more of the, than a, like, I don't really pick up wood in the aroma, but I pick it up in the flavor. I get that oak wood and I get some toffee. Um, mm-hmm. And then there is some breadiness and it, and it finishes sweet. Uh, you do get some alcohol warmth, but it's not like overkill. It's not like some. A liquor sickle or whatever you want to call it. Well, I like that. I, I, right, I took a drink right as you said that that the toffee breadiness. Mm-hmm. Right as I took a drink, and it's just like it does. It goes from toffee to that bready right into the bourbon, and then that sweet malty finish. Mm. The the body and the mouthfeel, I would say, is medium to high, and then this has low to medium carbonation. It's kind of a sticky bomb. That's uh, it's lip smacking though. It, you know, overall, I think it's a very good beer. So yeah. Um, but uh, it was founded in 2006 by owner and brewmaster uh, Fred Carm, who has 22 award-winning beers from GABF and World Beer Cup under his belt. So this guy knows how to brew some beer. He's a lifelong resident of Akron, Ohio, and he's been a brewer since 1994. He was an electrical engineer by trade. He got into brewing like most, i.e. home brewing. Ironically, though, his first attempt with... Uh, with brewing beer at home, uh, it, it was it was it was not very good. It was a, a big bomb, he, and uh, he basically said he never wanted to do it again. <laughs> but however, soon after, he won a bunch of home brewing supplies as a door prize at a home brewing meeting, and that put him on the path to redemption. Oh wow! <laughs> so um, he has had well, he states he had about 180 homebrew batches under his belt before he helped found another great brewery, Thirsty Dog Brewing Company, which is also in Akron. Ohio, nice. and then while he was there, that's when he jumped out and took the leap of faith. Uh, their tasting room, um, so they opened in 2006. The tasting room opened up in June 2013, but it's more than just the tasting room as they got food. Reed Pub, as their kitchen focuses on fresh ingredients in their appetizer, sandwiches, and entrees, and they also feature a rare beer list. So this is what blows me away, though. They distribute in 19 states and 15 foreign countries while operating on 10-barrel system. What? Yeah, that's what I was like, What? So I think that's kind of a, a five bottle limit on delivery. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, that to me is a true like that's pretty. I would hang my hat on that. That's, that's badass. That's pretty, I mean, you're almost serving in as many countries as you are states, which is blows me away too. So, yeah, I, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, th- besides that, uh, however, be aware if you plan to visit, uh, it's kind of hidden off the highway because as I was searching for where in Akron and stuff like that and looking at street views and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it, it, it's kind of off the highway and it's in an unassuming old self-storage facility. But um, again, don't judge a book by its cover because their beers are, are very phenomenal. I always think of their Boris lineup mm-hmm. and uh, I think they do a great job with all of those. For those that don't know, their Boris stands for the Bodacious Oatmeal Russian Imperial Stout and they have many... Um, Mm-hmm. A couple different versions of Boris, basically, and so uh, I highly recommend you uh, get your hands on some of this stuff. And sometimes, depending on where you go, I've noticed like the prices can be very different. Though I'm talking about buy a couple of bucks. And, really? Yeah. So like sometimes I see this beer, I think very over, not just this or but a lot of Hop and Frogs beers like overpriced. And then it seems like when you go into bigger metropolitan areas, um, it seems to be more you know. Uh, realistic pricing, I right. guess, on 22 ounce bottles and stuff like that. So, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that if you're in the Ohio, uh, you know, or Ohio River Valley type area, that you're going to be able to get these for, you know, a fairly decent price. But uh, 
I don't know. That's not always the case because I've been to New Glarus where I thought, oh, let me go to the brewery. The beer will be cheaper. And it was actually more money than going to the to the gro- grocery store right outside the damn brewery. It was ridiculous. Oh, wow. I was like, it was actually 50 cents more a bottle <laughs> for 22-ounce bottle. I was like, what the hell, man? So, anyways, <laughs> Hop and Frog Brewery, Akron, Ohio. Again, find out more about them at hopandfrog.com. So. Delicious beer. The barrel-aged out-of-kilter scotch style red ale yes it's this is wonderful man it is it is wow i did want to um before we go into our next break though uh i did want to talk about patrick stewart because i don't know if you're a fan of patrick stewart i used to kind of like star trek next generation or whatever uh, i think he does a great job with uh, x-men as uh you know uh professor xavier or whatever and just call him professor x just professor x yeah he always kind of comes across Kind of always serious or whatever. I don't think you ever see oh, a, a lighter side of him. Right, exactly. He's hilarious. Well, Strongbow uh, hired him to be their spokesperson last year, but I don't know what happened or what fallout, but they fired him. Like, like all of a sudden, suddenly, like, boom. It's kind of like the new, new, you know, the KFC commercials they had. What's his face? And now I don't see him on the KFC commercials anymore. They got some <laughs> other guys. Like, you don't hear anything. All of a sudden, the guy's there, and then he's no longer there. Wasn't it Will Forte? And then it went yeah, to Norm MacDonald, and now it's um, Jim Gaffigan? I, I don't know, but... The thing that I want to cover on this is what I love about this new ad spot because now they, they hired him back, Strongbow has, and they're kind of like poking fun at him. And I think that's pretty cool when a actor can make light of his situation. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. I don't know. I thought it was good. But give this a, it's just a small, short 15-second ad, but give this a listen. We hired an award-winning actor to show off the award-winning range of Strongbow Hard Cider. But she canceled, so we got this guy. This guy? I'll have you know I have won 37 individual awards. Yeah, but for acting. Yeah, but Strongbow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God. I don't know. I saw that and just his face and everything. It just made me laugh. Uh, I don't know. It just made me laugh. Maybe maybe it's just me. Well, they're short commercials. <laughs> you want to figure out how he got fired? Sure, sure. All right. Let's check this one out. What do you say? All we need to sell Strongbow hard cider is ice. So sorry, Sir Patrick. Strong You're fired. <laughs> fired. Yeah, fired. How dare Strongbow? <laughs> I guess the thing that I love about these these ads is that because everybody's attention spans are getting shorter and shorter, right? And these are like fifteen second little spots or whatever. And it's like they're genius. They're just packing. They're catching your attention. They're more importantly, though, like you remember it. And at the end of the day, I remember two things. I remember Strongbow and I remember Patrick Stewart. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I laughed. And we're not even so. cider fans. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know, man. Anyways. Strongbow's not bad, though. <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> Patrick Stewart. Who's the guy with Gandalf? What's that guy, that actor that plays there? Oh, um, I don't I suck at he, names and actor names. He and uh, Patrick Stewart really play well off one another. They're oh, absolutely they? hilarious I together. Don't know, man. I have no idea. Man. Well, stick around here on A Beer Army Engaged. We've got a lot to get to. We have our Heroes Never Die. Yeah. I'm awesome, to this interesting one. story coming <laughs> yeah. up with this one. As well, we're going to give you all the information you need on a brew burn and a new twist added to things. So. That's right. Go AWOL with Beer Army Radio. We're online and mobile at beerarmy.org. Every soldier needs quality gear. Get yours at BeerArmy.org. Hats, t-shirts, and more. Show Murphy he can't keep you down and announce to the world that you're in the Beer Army. Go to BeerArmy.org. Do it. Uh, By the way, Murphy's a bitch. It's Beer Army Engaged on Beer Army Radio. You know, BeerArmy.org is your source for all things Beer Army. That's right, Mick. It's really kind of a portal. It'll keep you in touch with everything, uh... 
this month, obviously, with the kickoff of, uh, you know, yesterday with one March, uh, we have another blog post that I always do. That's how a bear army kind yeah. of started and stuff like that. Uh, speaking of which, we need to do our video because we moved uh, In Your Face to a quarterly. So, actually, we need to knock that out in the month of March, too, and oh, yeah, uh, throw yeah. something together and kind of cover what we've, uh, I don't know, what we want to talk about, what, you know, whether it's past three months stuff or whatever. So, I'm uh, looking forward to doing that. And then, of course, our event listings. And I'm really excited because in a couple of weeks, on 12 March, the tickets for the seventh annual Brewburn Beer Fest will go on sale. Wow. So, seven advanced, years. Yeah, seven years. I know. I said the same thing, wild. too, the other day. I was at the uh, convention center and we're signing the contract. They're like, can you imagine, you know, like seven years ago, it'd be as big as what it is. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, you're at that point, you're just kind of like a chip in a chair, just a hope and a dream. And, and, you know, and then just to see where it's, it's expanded to. So it's been uh, really, really cool just, awesome. just, just to kind of see what it's become. And so again, and the, so tickets again, will for all of our newsletter subscribers, they'll get an advanced code. So if you don't subscribe to our newsletter, do it and you'll get this code. Uh, so you can get discounted tickets, uh, off of regular price tickets. And of course, that'll expire after a couple of weeks. So uh, definitely check it out. And I'm also excited that we tried doing this in, two th- well, not try, we did. In 2012, we did this Afterfest type thing. It was where it's like music and yeah. um, kind of like a uh, p- party scene or whatever. We had spare change. So I'm excited to, to announce that we're going to be bringing back, it's basically, basically a separate event though. And later that night, we're going to call it Music Burn. And so we're looking for an uh. opening act. And a main act, and it'll go from eight o'clock to one o'clock in the morning. And it's like an after party. Yeah, it is, but we didn't want to call it after party. We wanted right, to kind yeah. of treat it as two separate events, uh, give us an opportunity to promote two different events. Uh, you know, I think it's unrealistic to expect everybody that went to the beer festival, you know, to the beer and wine <laughs> festival, Brewburn, to make it back because some people, it's amazing they're able to even, want, you know, like. You got to pace yourself, man. If you're going to be, yeah. you know, doing well, there are people that come later in the day that that might be perfect. For. Right, right. So we're actually, um, you know, we were we're trying to det- we're trying to determine do we want to try to bring a big act or do you just want to keep it a local act and and dealing because especially you and I know your experience dealing with rock bands and everything else like that. You know, you're talking about writers, you're talking about contracts, you're talking about sound production. Uh, well, then you also have to make sure that they're they're uh, touring in the area and can be. Pulled right, away exactly. off that tour for a short gig, you know. Right, exactly. So I, I don't know. I, I did call down to uh, Brian Wolf, and uh, he's always been uh, a good friend, a good supporter of Beer Army and stuff. And he's a very successful business person with uh, uh, Bombs Away Tattoo and, and Hooligans and all kinds of other business interests. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, "Yeah, Dustin, I'll, I'll help you." You know, so you know, we're talking about like you know, big bands. We also talk about maybe doing like cover bands. You know, like. Uh, um, Appetite for Destruction, which is a GNR cover band, oh, basically. Yeah. There's a, I think oh, done, yeah. yeah, you know, or uh, Blacken, which is a Metallica type cover band. But then we're thinking, like, okay, what's the audience we want to pull in? You know, like I don't know. So we're really kind of up in the air. We really don't have much more except for the takeaway is we're going to do an event called Music Burn that's going to be in the evening after Brew Burn. So just be aware of it. We don't have ticket prices. We don't have you know the band lineup set or anything that'll probably come after later. But um, we are developing that. So I just want to make everybody. Aware of it, I guess we kind of went long on the intro. Of this uh, no, no, that's so. that's cool. I mean, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, Brewburn yeah. started somewhere. Exactly, so. exactly. In seven years, Newburn yeah. Riverfront Convention Center. That's right. Goes down June. Jeez, that's a great question. Twenty fifth, I believe. <laughs> I'm not even, yeah, I'm not even looking at my calendar right now. <laughs> and it is twenty five June. It's always the last yeah, Saturday in June. That's the way I always remember. I just say the last Saturday in June, but I don't remember what that is per se on the calendar or the date. So you're fine, amigo. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna sit here and feel shame now. I'll tell I tell you what will make you feel better. Hmm. You dive into heroes never die. Awesome. What do you say? Let's do it. 
Because in this crazy world, when the shit can hit the fan, things can totally catch you off guard and surprise you. You never know who's going to step in the gap. Mick, this week uh, we are featuring a lady with two first names. Hmm. As in Betty Jeffrey. Betty Jeffrey. Betty Jeffrey. Singular Jeffrey. Yes. Why at the end? Jeffrey. Hmm. And this lady, 76-year-old, I guess I I would say elderly lady. Yeah. Yeah. Confined to a wheelchair, and uh, but she didn't let that stop her from being a victim. So uh, I want you to give this a listen. She comes to grab my bag, so I grips my bag hard, and she was trying to pull it, and she come towards the front of me, face on. I, I, I'll never forget the face, and and I just hit it. I just had to stop her. The 76-year-old may be disabled, but as a sportswoman with 45 years competing under her belt, Betty's reaction was instinctive. I love sports and I love a challenge. And she was a challenge. <laughs> I'm strong-minded, strong-willed. Betty was travelling down this walkway in Pitsy when she was attacked on Monday. Fortunately, two passers-by came to her aid, chasing off her attacker, who dropped her bag in a panic. Basil and CID are appealing for information about the assailant. She's described as in her 20s and was wearing an olive green jacket with a fur-lined hood and burgundy tracksuit bottoms. Mm. So that'd be the British accent you'd be saying. It'd be here and there. Yeah. Pipsy. <laughs> I love the British. I love this lady. <laughs> it's so crazy. She looks so unassuming. No, she As does. As an ex-arm wrestling champion. Ex-arm wrestling champion, yes. I mean, it's like... And, but if you watch the video, she's not just doing that. She's doing um, shooting and other things. Like, she's obviously pretty active. So I just thought that... Uh, you know, she's like, I saw her face and I just punched her in the nose, man. It's like, exactly. You never know who's going to measure up, you know? No, I know, dude. I was just like, wow. Like, wow. That just happened. Betty Jeffrey. <laughs> Way to go, girl. No, so I think that's, you know, it kind of makes me think about how you should never make assumptions oh, about absolutely. people or situations yeah. uh, when you're sizing things up and, you know, how you shouldn't underestimate anyone. And, you know, if you knew... If you're a bad person and you knew people in wheelchairs can whip your ass, you know, I don't need to be a sociologist to know that people probably would stay away from people in wheelchairs, right? Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes the same, like, and I'm, I don't want to get in a huge gun control debate or whatever, but I kind of think of the same thing as I see more and more frequently people um, not doing concealed carry, but open carry. And I, I really don't have an issue with it, but then I'm always amazed at how many people or pundits just jump all over, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, it's like, I don't see a problem with it. I just maybe it's because me and in the military, I have a certain of uh, uh, familiarity or comfort level around weapons. Mm-hmm. I think the people that are very gun shy, pun intended, I guess, or they don't trust other people, their actions or whatever. Uh, and I guess I can understand that. Uh, you know. Well, it's just a psychological deterrent. So people that well, don't that's, that's understand it. It's just just as much a psychological deterrent for them as it is for a criminal or somebody who would take advantage. Because honestly, violent people and crooks aren't looking for a challenge. No, they're not looking no. for somebody that's going to put up a fight. No, exactly. I they're mean, they're gonna, looking for a victim. They're looking for a soft target, not a hardened target. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And that's the reason why I, I truly think that uh, I'm not for gun control. I mean, well, let me say that. Let me rephrase that. Um, for gun control, I don't think bad people should have guns. But the problem is that gun control only hurts people that can legally 
have weapons. You know what I mean? And so the bad people are still going to get them because guess what? They're criminals. They don't care. They don't not looking to follow the rules like all the rest of us law-abiding citizens. Yeah, that's the thing that blows my mind is they think that these laws on on limiting access to guns that criminals are going to follow the laws. It, it's no, it's not the case. It's crazy. But I think the you know, <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to get at is you shouldn't. Uh, well, I, I guess I wish there was more Betty Jeffries running around. You <laughs> should be. So, we need more. She wheel, didn't need a well, gun. We don't need more wheelchair bound badasses. We have enough of them. <laughs> but just don't assume that just because somebody's relegated to a wheelchair, they can't nah, kick ass. Hey, she didn't need a gun, man. I hate to see if she had a gun on her. <laughs> she would have done so. Yeah. She would have pistol whipped the shit on the person. You no. try to take my butt. I can't do a British accent. I wish I could. I would do it in that. But uh, I'm not cool like you. I'm doing accents and little voices and stuff. But You're fine, man. Work uh, on it. Yeah, practice. I can't work on it. Yeah. Look in the mirror and I can just yeah, work practice. on it. My, my Robert De Niro you know, impersonation. Well, I, got, I got me in my pitsy wheelchair. I've got, well, I got bum rushed by a, a bit of a little bitch. She was wearing an olive green jacket and a burgundy tracked bottom. Burgundy tracksuit bottom. <laughs> I will refer to my pants from now on as bottoms. <laughs> bottoms. <laughs> anyway, check out my new bottoms. <laughs> so, Betty Jeffrey, you are our hero of the week, and uh, good on you, uh, regardless of whether you're a, a former national arm wrestling champion or not. <laughs> just for not going down <laughs> quietly. And uh, Everybody uh, needs to check out this story and just see this this this. Totally unassuming, unassuming heartwarming yeah, totally smile from this, this lady. Does it not look like it'd be somebody grandma? Like, you know, it's yeah, exactly. like grandma. You know, yeah. grandma just whoops some ass. <laughs> so, good on you. That's awesome. Don't forget, beerarmy.org has the show notes as well. If you're on iTunes, double-click the Beer Army Engage logo. That will give you access and links to everything we've talked about here on the program. So, hit it up, check it out, rate and review. That's a great avenue and resource for you because it helps share the podcast here. As well, all the other avenues. You can tech us in. Tech us. Take us? That, that exit's that a, kicking that, in. Tack us in. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's beerarmy.org. And stick around. Yikum to Sue coming up. Hey, mothers. Lock up your daughters. It's Mick Dagger and the General. I don't speak English with a French accent. You really? Pompe à fougre, I say. Pompe à fougre. Beer Army engaged on Beer Army Radio. On the battlefield of beer, an informed soldier is a good soldier. Learn more about the Beer Army Foundation. Go to BeerArmy.org. Get informed about beer, upcoming events, festivals, and community outreach that the Beer Army provides and supports. The revolution starts with you at BeerArmy.org. Beer Army Engaged. Hey, for those of you hitting up BeerArmy.org, you may have seen the pledge button there. Or the pledge information. There's a lot of good things that come from pledging. And I say pledging as opposed to necessarily donating. If you want to donate, feel free. Go right ahead. But as we've, we've talked, you know, that, that pledging, that recurring amount, in whatever capacity you can do it, it doesn't matter how much at all. But it helps us do good things, like our scholarships. No, you're absolutely right, uh, Mick. And real quickly, the difference between donating and pledging, donating is a one-time thing, whereas pledging is a reoccurring monthly donation, basically. Mm-hmm. The, you know, try to sum it up in simplicity. And, you know, that's how we fund what we do, uh, primarily our scholarships. And our scholarship season is open. It goes from 1 January to the end of March. And we got two more applicants yesterday, and it, it seems... I want to highly recommend to everybody, don't be like last year where everybody in the last week submits their application and kind of rushes because you can kind of tell the quality of <laughs> yeah. the applicant and, and their essay. You can tell what's been rushed and what has been methodically 
planned out, I mm-hmm. guess, if that makes sense. And you're getting judged solely on the merits of your writing. That is it. You know, there is no application fee. There is no there's no other criteria for eligibility. Well, there is eligibility criteria, but it's it's pretty straightforward. It's not it's nothing crazy like my brother is, a, you know, the pipe fitters union, you know, <laughs> number 142, <laughs> you know. No, it's nothing crazy like that, you know. Um, but you can get more information by going to bearme.org slash scholarships. And then uh, if you want to pledge, you can get more information by going to bearme.org slash pledge. And uh, please do so. That's so. through the end of the month, right? Yeah, well, the pledging goes on year round, but I meant scholarships. Yeah, scholarships is the end of this month, so we're in our yeah. last month of that quarter. You know, basically we we did it for a full ninety days, so we're sixty days through, and and so you got thirty one days left or thirty days left. So get on that; it's yeah. definitely worth submitting. Like yeah. like you said, it is as opposed to other other scholarships. Uh, it, this is is probably one of the most straightforward and as you've stated before, liberal submission processes it's not going to take a lot of effort but don't put it off to the last minute no please don't please get it in there i mean the worst that can happen is we say no you're not going to get it you know and we're going to give out 15 to 17 scholarships this year so um we're really excited about it we're excited heck yeah really excited about that i'm excited about uh some insanity i have to share here okay how excited are you about your stuff i am uh before uh well go ahead uh i don't know should i give the update you got Before an update? Story? Yeah, I actually do have an, it, update. We, an update. We might have to do like a new update jingle. <laughs> what, do you want a ticker tape? No, but, you know, last week we talked about the um, the Marine, you know, during the uh, um, in the Fallujah, during the Battle of Fallujah with uh, right. uh, First Sergeant, now Sergeant Major Castle helping him out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm specifically talking about former Sergeant Christopher uh, Marquez, who was jumped in D.C. Uh, coming out of a McDonald's or whatever. And what brutally blows me away here is that so far two of the teens uh, have been arrested. There's more than two suspects or whatever. Right. Uh, but they they will not be facing will not be facing hate crime charges. Why? I that's the thing I don't understand. And the thing is the reason why I don't understand it is because they threw in the whole Black Lives Matter and they called him a racist. So if you're calling somebody a racist and asking if you're Black Lives Matter and the teens look black to me, so that to me tells, I think that's a hate crime. Well, they're singing him out because he's white. That well, is a hate crime. Because if it were vice versa, right, then exactly. it, would, it would be. And that's what he, oh, and, you God, know, dude. And, that's, and that's what, uh, you know, Sergeant Marquez was saying. He goes, he goes, we all know if this was the other way around, it would be considered a hate crime automatically. And I totally agree with that. And that's not my racist comment on me because I'm white. I'm just saying, we all know, man, that would have been, if we would have said, Hey man, white lives don't matter. You're a racist, and we're saying, you know, like I don't know, man. I think it's bullshit. I think it's a double-edged sword. I'm disappointed. I'm really disappointed. Well, the majority of hate crimes, as they've been prosecuted, have always been a one-way street. It's only they're only in one direction. Yeah, they well. can't be in both directions because then there's dual accountability. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know because then you can't just claim victimhood. Then you have to claim responsibility. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm sorry, but that is just the most ignorant thing I've ever heard. No. He it's, was blatantly singled out because he was not black. Right. Exactly. That's why I wasn't white. No, He's Mexican. No. I'm with you. I'm or Hispanic. You. Or Hispanic. Yeah, right. Look at you getting all racial, just automatically just thinking that he's Mexican. Well, you know what? <laughs> the, the, the story's about race. So, yeah, I'm going to get racial. Oh, man. And not in a hateful way, but in an objective, realistic, pragmatic, this is the fact, this is how it is kind of way. So, if you don't want to look, if you want to sling bullshit, but don't want to look at it, I'm sorry. He's getting thrown right back in your fucking face. Whoa! Just got real up in here. Hey, sorry. but let's, let's, let's get enlightened here. 
Because I know you got some enlightening stuff over there. I need to laugh. Maybe, maybe I don't need to do any updates. <laughs> I need to laugh. Well, no, that's a warranted update. Thanks for sharing that. But now let's actually smile. What do you All say? Right. I'm always smiling. Ooh, I'm bowed up, aren't I? <laughs> well, I did, I did see that manly chest pic of you that you posted Hey, I've been working out. I, yeah. I really was debating whether or not to do that. I didn't want to come across vain, but I feel good. I'm in a good place. You should have waxed your chest. Oh, come on. Come on, baby. Not that vain. Buff, buff the chest. Nah. I've got some sexy grays in there, bro. Look, here here in this crazy world, there's this total insanity that unfolds. Some of it really pisses us off. Some of it just makes us laugh our ass off because you can't make this shit up. How how do you feel about a woman that's willing to fart um, unabashedly? I, I guess part of me is like, that's cool, <laughs> I guess, because it's like... We paint women, I think, and especially in our Western culture, to be a certain way, look a certain way. I think, and, and, and as a, a father of three daughters, I always worry about that in the back of my head about being conformed to a certain box. And if you're not in it, then you're, a, you know, I don't know, outcast. Right. So I kind of like it when women kind of throw caution to the wind and, hey, I do what I want to do. <laughs> Why? Why do you ask? You couldn't have chose a better phrase, throwing <laughs> okay. caution to the wind. Okay. Because here is a young girl. Who impresses her younger bu- brother with a giant fart. <laughs> and she does it on camera with her face fully in view, her brother behind her, uh, and is laughing her ass off. And I find it endearing, adorable, and just downright awesome. Hey, Ty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is that real? <laughs> oh! Jesus. <laughs> Smell it. Smell it. Like that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So she sounds like a teenager or something like that. Oh, she, yeah, she has to be yeah, a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. No, uh, that's awesome. That's that's brotherly love. That's a sister showing some brotherly Tell you love. What, there was a girl I dated, and, and one of the things that endeared me to her... <laughs> Was there farting? No, it wasn't oh, a fart God. per se. I wouldn't have minded if she farted. Okay. But no, uh, she. we were out to dinner and just out of nowhere, she really kind of quickly but not really covertly just didn't care. <laughs> just kind of slightly picked her nose with her thumb, you know, just kind of one of those oh, things. right, right. Yeah. And I she looked at me, looked right at me as she did it, kind of like I'm testing you kind of a thing. And I was just like, to me it was like, everybody does that. Right. And I was like, that's a freaking adorable <laughs> I, was like, you're, I was like, yeah, you don't care. Awesome. Oh, man. That's not about keeping up appearances. I mean, you want to look good for one another, but there you go. Yeah, it's all relative, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So there, I love that. That's that's an awesome story. And you have to watch the video. You'll find it in the show notes. So no, I'm going to. I'm going to check definitely that out. check that out. And uh, speaking of teens, I'm keeping with the teen theme here. Okay. Uh, we talked about that kid in Florida that impersonated a doctor. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Well, now there's a teen in Ohio named Isaiah Akins, 18 years old, indicted by a grand jury after detectives said he posed as a state senator's representative and gave a speech at a high school back in December. Are you serious? Like, I just watched uh, Catch Me If You Can, right? Where he's a young, you know, I can't believe this. Wait, wait till you hear this. This is a story by WTOL. Okay. Just a portion of it. Senator David Burke had agreed to speak to a class in January, but in late December, 
18-year-old Isaiah M. Akins walked into Mohawk High School. This person showed up in advance early, days early, and said the senator had fallen ill and that he was there to take his place and speak. He looked the part. He was well-dressed, well-spoken, and told a believable story. He even showed up in a dealer vehicle with a personal driver. He went to Reinecke Ford, which um, is owned by Bill Reinecke, state representative, <laughs> and represented himself in the same way and asked for a car and was able to obtain that. Akins presented his ID along with his phony story and was given a tour of the school and spoke to a class for about 45 minutes about advocacy. And then he left, gone, without any suspicion. Wow. It wasn't until a few weeks later when Senator Burke himself showed up for his scheduled speech that officials realized what had happened. <laughs> wow. They didn't realize it. And nobody knows why this kid did this. And he just and he does it before the senator was supposed to schedule to go, and they went ahead and just gave him an impromptu tour and let him just speak off the cuff. They, they were obviously convinced <clears throat> that the senator was ill. Hmm wasn't going to be able to make the date scheduled or so, I don't know what he pur- purported or whatnot but got the time yeah did, did a speech on advocacy 45 minutes yeah no that's crazy yeah and and then bam nobody knows why at all the crazy thing about similarities that is we were watching that Leonardo DiCaprio the catch me if you can with um, uh, yeah. Tom Hanks and stuff like that where he you know he plays a uh, a pilot and then a doctor and then a lawyer. You know. Meanwhile, he's barely over. Well, he was underage, and then through those three years of him running up over four million dollars of check fraud, it's like how do somebody pull that off? Because when I was eighteen, I looked eighteen. You know, I didn't look twenty five or thirty or. I mean, that's big <laughs> balls. So you're saying that they, they they did find him though, right? And he's been arrested, is what you're saying. He's been charged. Or charged, right. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, but they still don't know what his motive was. That's awesome. It's like a Ferris Bueller It's just on like steroids. just doing it to get away with doing it. Right. It's just, it's hilarious. I mean, because the thing is, the reason why I guess I think... Which highlights the insanity of our political system, which is why I kind of laugh at this one, but that, that teen that impersonated the doctor and worked at the OBGYN office, yeah, well, that's, that's just crazy. perverted and creepy. Yeah, yeah. But this kid just kind of just, hey, the reason why I, think I the, get away with it. The reason why I think it's crazy, or I, I find it funny, and I don't want to be like promoting kids doing, um, I don't know, trudent or juvenile type acts. I mean, I'm not condoning that per se, but in this situation, to me, it's like no harm, no foul, really, I guess. You know, whereas the OBGYN thing, that's a little bit different or whatever. But it's just like, boy, that's the type of kid that does big things, I think. Because you got big balls to be able well, to pull The craziest thing off. is, is a kid is indicted by a grand jury of this, you know, impersonating a state senator. But which state senator? I mean. Well, they, they said his name. Oh, so specifically, I thought he was just, he was filling in. Well, he, I didn't know. He, well yeah, he was, imper- he was impersonating a state senator's representative. Right, representative, right. right. So to me, it's like. But there's no indictment of the school's inability to fact check, <laughs> to double check, to make sure this kid is legit by calling the state senator's office oh, and saying, hey, we yeah. have this person here, uh, is is it true? So they're not being indicted on their stupidity. No. But uh, that's the day and age in which we live. Well, I want to um, get back to a, a veteran issue. I don't want to piss you off. I know it's going to piss you off because it kind of uh-huh. pisses me off. Uh, you know, we talk about how American veterans are killing themselves at a rate of 22 
you know, a day. It's almost one per hour. On average, and a lot are saying that that's low. Right. And, and of course, there's an organization that is trying to bring awareness of that. And, and there's multiple. To bring, yeah. Right. No, but uh, I thought this was pretty crazy. I, I couldn't believe this. And uh, luckily for uh, uh, Pete Hegseth, Hegseth for bringing it because he's been doing a um, following up on this documentary, this Oscar winning HBO film called Crisis Hotline. And it's revealing, I mean, we already know that the VA is falling short, even though I'm a big advocate of VA. I think they do really good in a lot of ways, but uh, give this a listen, because this is just crazy to me. If, if you're a veteran who's suicidal and you're calling a hotline and you're getting a voicemail, and a and, and large number of these are going to voicemail, Ugh. and how, how much does that increase the chances of you harming yourself or taking your own life? You know, I just got a text from a friend of mine who works on the front lines of combating veteran suicide in Minnesota, and she can speak to the, it, it's really, it's the bureaucracy that on top of all of this is incapable of delivering quality service. It just can't. These are wonderful people trying to do the best they can, overwhelmed with calls, can't handle them all. The system reroutes them to a voicemail. And, and just the thought of a veteran who's suicidal getting a voicemail, uh, this is a powerful depiction it's of what a lot of vets face. So con- Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, so the thing is, the thing I want to bring Please out Please do is, not shoot yourself. No, the thing Hang that I, in there for five estimated five minutes. What, what, what Pete Hexus is trying to say, though, is that it's not really the fault of the people working at the VA and, the, and these crisis hotline centers or whatever. The fact is, is that there's so many veterans calling in Right. With well, issues yeah. that the system automatically, instead of just dropping the call, puts it to voicemail. But like he's saying, though, if you're suicidal, you need to be caught at that strategic moment because you might go over that precipice and we're going to lose you. And so what's the answer? And if you watch the full video, they talk about trying to merge um, – uh, VA hospitals with military hospitals trying to, but the thing is, you and I both know the amount of bureaucracy that's involved with that. That's not necessarily the answer either. And um, you know, I think the the I don't want to put all the blame on the VA here on this. Okay, very clearly because I think this is a problem that's bigger bigger than that. And what I mean by that is that when we decide to go to war, we need to understand the costs involved. <clears throat> As a nation, and since we're in an election cycle and thinking about who do we want to elect, and I tell you, this election cycle, they keep talking about terrorism, safety, you know, you need to be thinking about those things because, you know, the cost of doing so is more than just the defense budget line number, you know, of, of $3 billion or $3.3 billion. There, There's a huge cost, and this is one of those where people are bringing home baggage, they're having they're having a hard time how to try to deal with it. And sometimes it becomes overwhelming and, you know, and, and not to get personal, but I think you and I can both speak personally that there's times we feel overwhelmed because we bring back, we have baggage, yeah. we fight our demons and whatever. Um, but my heart just goes out because there's some guys, not some guys and gals, veterans, a lot of them who don't know how to, they don't have somebody to talk to, you know, like you and I, we, we kind of bounce off each other, you know, and, uh, you know, each other's shoulder at times to lean upon where it's like, dude, I'm really hurting here, man. I need I need to pick me up, you know, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. We're kind of like each other's, uh, I would say, cross, cross, crisis hotlines, right? Because I've called you when I've really needed it, you know, when I'm just like, dude, man, I just need to talk and vent and all this other shit, you know. And, and well, I think vice versa. You've been you know? there for me, too. Right. Yeah. And, and, but this is where these people don't have somebody, so they have a 1-800 number that they can call. 
and then they get routed to voicemail. I just, it's like, damn, man. You know, shame on us. Well, my my fear with this is that just due to the bureaucracy, they're going to put a program in place where there'll be rollover that if the crisis hotline isn't available, the call will be forwarded. So I'm just imagining some, please hold. <laughs> well, your call is forwarded to. With some cheesy uh, <laughs> jazz music or something. Elevator music. I don't know. I don't I, know. I don't know what the answer is per se on this. It, it, I, I do know this. I know that this is a, this is a problem. This is an issue. We've been this has been going on for years now. You know because the war on terrorism has been going on for a long time. Uh, veterans are obviously seeing things and experiencing uh, things, and they're coming back to the world. And they're having a hard time uh, dealing with stuff, uncompressing or however you want to, you know, whatever you want to call it. And um, you know, I think it's always been going around since warfare has been warfare. You know. I mean, we live in a day and age where people are stuck in you know the, a world of avoidance, and when you see things that a lot of veterans have seen that we've seen, you can't avoid it. Yeah, well, I you mean, can't. And there, and then when a majority of society is stuck in their own world of avoidance, there's no common ground. There's nothing, so that then you feel even more isolated yeah. from society. That's my view. I want to go off on this, I really do, <laughs> but I can't. We are out of time, and. Um, but seriously, you bring up a valid point. 22Kill uh, is a, a great website to go to, a great organization fighting this. There's a, a number of, of charities and organizations out there highlighting this issue. Uh, definitely just research 22, 22 too many, 22Kill, but definitely an issue that needs to be addressed, supported, and uh just with an effort to, to end it because it's just, it's devastating to think about. The cool thing about this video clip is you'll see the people that work for the VA, work in these centers, they are pleading. I mean, they're brokenhearted about it. Yeah. So, so again, I don't want to point the finger at the VA per se. It is, it's not all them, you know? It's just, it, the issue's bigger than what it is and our and our society needs to accept it and, and then I think fund it or deal with it. Well, it's the bureaucracy. It's yeah. not the people right on the front line. Right, no, exactly. They're with a heart and a mission. Right, so... But definitely hit up BeerArmy.org, check the show notes, help us do good things. If anything, this episode, look into this 22 uh, Veteran Suicides Daily. And uh, definitely check out all the other stuff there that is available to you. The scholarships, the ability to pledge to help us have a positive impact and whatnot. And make sure that you check out the back catalog of episodes. And regardless, we will be here next week. Rounds out. Beer Army Radio.